On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports friendly perspective. With pro handicappers Alex P. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Thursday, December 16th, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, Jimmy Murphy, along for the ride on a Thursday, ready to break down the 10-game NHL card on this Thursday night. It's a big slate, and right now we've got a storm outside our uh, places right now. It's not a snowstorm. It's not a uh, windstorm. It's a COVID-19 NHL storm for NHL betters and handicappers right now uh, across the league. I mean, it's been a uh, handful to get good information up to the minute, up to the never mind, up to the minute, up to the second uh, information with so many of these teams that have been obviously ravaged by COVID nineteen. We will do the best job we can here on the Ice Guys today to keep uh, give you as much of the up to date information that we have on player personnel situations involving all these teams where several of them impacted uh, by COVID nineteen. NHL's ramping up their protocols, daily testing. Uh, and look, one thing when we were talking off air just before the show started, it's becoming clear, guys, that the NHL will do everything it takes to get these games in, to get these games completed and make sure we get all of these games and as few games as possible canceled or postponed because of COVID-19 outbreaks with these teams. I mean, really, Calgary is that we, of course, we saw Carolina, Minnesota postponed the other night, but really Calgary is the one team that's only been seeing their games postponed as of right now. Uh, and everybody else, you've got Carolina, you've got Florida, you've got Boston, you know, you've got Nashville. Uh, you've got so many teams tonight that are playing that have six to eight, to, you know, in that range, six to eight players in COVID-19 protocol. And yet the NHL is still going forward with these games tonight. That means, you know what? We're getting these games in. We're not shutting down teams for weeks on end or games on end unless we absolutely have to do so, a la a Calgary Flames situation where it's now 16 players in protocol for them. So they figure that's over half the roster, some coaching staff members as well. So they just had to shut them down. But that's what it's going to take, I think, at this point to see games postponed. Half the roster minimum impacted by this COVID-19 and put in protocol before we see games postponed. So that seems to be where we're at. But the good news for the sports better and the NHL better is some good advantage situations to take advantage of. I hate to be selfish because you hate to see any player or any team go through this, but thinking selfishly from a betting standpoint for a minute, there's some great opportunities to take advantage of with these teams that are being forced to keep playing despite multiple players in COVID-19 protocol tonight. Uh, before we get into the games, Alex, just your overall thoughts on this COVID-19 uh, situation really spiraling out of control, not only for the NHL, but across all sports right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's incredibly unfortunate to see. I, and obviously, you know, 
we can talk to her blue in the face uh, about the pandemic and, and, and you know the different issues that that pertain to this, the vaccine and so forth. But the, the biggest difference between this and what we saw in March is that because of a vaccine, we're not worried about just a bunch of people dropping dead in these leagues. Thankfully, we're seeing people getting sick. They are having symptoms. Most of them mild. They are end up, you know, coming back. And the protocol, for the most part, I mean, we've seen a lot, especially I think more in the NBA, where guys are, you know, they protocol. They, they've tested positive for a day, but really they don't have anything. They end up testing negative a couple of times, and they're back to, you know, so it's so it's almost precautionary. There's so many cases that a lot of them are precautionary. They've been exposed. One person has it, but it's not exactly what what we saw in, in March of uh, 2020, thankfully. And, you know, hopefully with everyone, you know, getting boosters in the NFL and other things, maybe we can, you know, put some kind of of, of a, you know, a break, not exactly a stop uh, to, to what's going on as far as losing players and, and having games postponed and canceled. Uh, you know, we talked about it off air. The really something we could take advantage of. And like I said, you know, money knows no, uh, no harder bounds. Uh, and that's what we're doing for a living. We're betting games. You can look at the AHL, even with the low limits they have, you could probably stack up and, and make some really decent plays right now because those guys are getting called up to the big clubs and they pretty much have a bunch of nobodies uh, or, or guys who just really aren't even, you know, worth playing in the A, probably from the coast or wherever, getting signed off the street to play. So there's a lot of money to be made. Like I said, books not making reactionary changes right away to uh, some of the uh, of the, the absences in the NHL. But even if you're offshore or have a, a U.S. book that has AHL lines, okay, yeah, $40, $50 can add up uh, over time, and, and, and you can build to your bankroll just using some of this information. Yeah, there is no doubt about that. You can. And uh, it's just all about – it's really information-based. And so many of the bets that we are making tonight on this card uh, are going to be just, you know, teams that are just, we think, too depleted to compete at their highest level and have a tough time winning a game tonight. Simple as that. Uh, Jimmy, I know you tweeted out about the teams that are impacted, and it's difficult to make a case to back these teams like a Bruins, like a Hurricanes, and these other teams that are playing tonight when you're looking at six players minimum in a lot of cases that are in COVID-19 protocol. We're not just talking six players. In a lot of cases with these teams, we're talking impact players that are going to be missing tonight. Yeah, well, I think, you know, another thing, too, that you can combine is you look at who's who's missing players and also what where were they in terms of form? Uh, before this hit, right? Were they winning or were they struggling? And I look at a team like the team I cover, the Boston Bruins, they haven't been that great even before this hit. So now you throw this into it and it's just, it's a bleep show. It's, 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 it's unreal. And I, I just, I could not justify advising anyone right now. And <clears throat> look, I may eat these words tomorrow, but I just, I can't advise anyone to bet the Bruins right now because not only are they impacted tremendously by COVID right now, but they're just not playing good hockey in general for the last couple of weeks, a little up and down. Yeah. They had that three Oh and two road trip, but let's face it guys, that game. And I think I mentioned it before that game against Calgary that they won Calgary took it to them in that. And not, if not for Linus Allmark, I don't think they win that game. So they, they were trending downwards as it was. And now you throw in this COVID monkey wrench and it's just not a good situation. So I think that's a thing to look at too. If you're, if you are, you know, let's let's jump on these teams right now that are playing the depleted teams. Look at where the depleted team was overall before it hit them, because it's not just a physical thing. It's not just them missing bodies. It's a mental thing, too. Right. So if you get a team like the Bruins is kind of maybe down on themselves already. How do you think they're feeling right now? So I, I, there's a lot of things you can look at. 
But I think, yeah, I mean, you have to take in consideration right now that these teams are really depleted. And like you said, Ian, the odds makers aren't reacting as fast as you would expect. So you can get some really good deals right now. And I highly suggest just staying on top of it throughout the day. Like wake up in the morning. First thing you do, check the spreads and then look at what's going on with each team. Check. The, I think it's Sportsnet has a list of all the COVID protocol. It keeps building up every day. They're updating it by the hour. So keep checking that stuff and you could win some money here. Yeah, it is. And we're going to see a bunch of games impacted tonight by this COVID-19 uh, outbreak that many teams are involved in. And we're going to start with the very first game and it's Detroit and Carolina. We have Carolina open minus 245 home favorites. You could have gotten Detroit in the plus, you know, 200 range uh, at that time. And people saw what it, it across the board. This Carolina team is going to be six plus key players that are in COVID-19 protocol and are not going to play. That line was just too high, you know, given the situation Carolina's in. And now we see Carolina minus 170 home favorites, plus 150 to plus 160 for the take back uh, on the Detroit Red Wings as underdogs here. Five and a half, the total uh, shaded to the under. And yes, it is a complicated mess here for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. They already had their game against Minnesota postponed on Tuesday night. Uh, because of the uh, COVID-19 issues they're dealing with. Uh, the NHL has determined that because there weren't a huge amount of up it, it, new positive tests that they were going to go forward with the game tonight uh, against the uh, Detroit Red Wings. But still, you're talking about key absences galore for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes tonight. Ian Cole, veteran defenseman out. Stephen Lorenz, who's been a bright light for them uh, since he's become a full-time member of this team this year, is out. Jordan Martinuk, Jordan Stahl out uh, Andre Svechnikov and Sebastian Ajo. There's probably your two best forwards and scorers right there that aren't going to suit up tonight uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes. So it is absolutely a, a tough situation for them. The one bit of good news is they did have injuries recently. These were injuries, not COVID issues, to Tony D'Angelo and Brett Pesci uh, on defense. And they do have both of those guys back. But now just when they get a their couple of their starting defensemen back, They've got the uh, COVID-19 issues adding up with a lot of their other forwards, especially uh, their center ice position, which is just gutted. Stahl, Lorenz, Seth Jarvis, and Ajo, they're all centers. And, and if you look at this Carolina team going into the game tonight, they're absolutely ripped apart at the center ice position. It's not pretty whatsoever to see what Rod Brindamore is going to have to do uh, with this team in terms of the center ice position. He's going to have to roll with Vincent Trocek as his number one center, and in normal situations and normal seasons, when he's playing well, Jesperi Kotkaniemi could be worthy of a number two center. Not this year. It's not playing well for Carolina, but because of all the absences, he's being forced up the lineup into the number two center spot tonight uh, for Rod Brindamore on this Carolina team. Then you've got veteran Derek Stepan, and you've got Stefan Noesen uh, rounding out your four centers. And, you know, it is a very, very short-handed team. They're going to have to really mix and match here with uh, with things. And if look, if there's another center that gets injured in this game, my gosh, they're going to have to pull a left winger or a right winger and put him at center. I mean, that's how thin it's getting at the center ice position right now for Carolina. So this is a tough situation for them to be in. The good news, at least, is their blue line. That's the one bit of good news is that their blue line's relatively intact now. For the most part, Slavin, Bear, Shea, Pesci, Brendan Smith, Tony D'Angelo, outside of Ian Cole, uh, he's the one regular that's out. Uh, so the defense is in tap, but man, they are gutted up front. Detroit, meanwhile, uh, you see what they're doing lately. They're, uh, they had struggled, lost three in a row 
the bounce back and beat the Islanders two to one in their last game. Great performance by Alex Nedeljkovic in net. He'll of course be likely in net, not confirmed yet, but I would expect Nedeljkovic to be in net tonight for Detroit facing his former team, Carolina Hurricanes. You know, that's going to fire him up. Uh, Anderson, obviously in net for the uh, Hurricanes. He's been good. He's going to have to be good tonight because you would think it's going to be a little bit of a challenge to score goals tonight. If you're Carolina, certainly would lean under the total. And just because of all the depleted, the depleted roster that's going to take the ice here for Carolina. I got to take Detroit here at the plus number. Uh, you can still get plus 150, plus 160. I didn't get the absolute best of it, but I got around plus 175 with Detroit. So that's still pretty good. It's still better than what's out there right now. Uh, but plus 150, plus 160, I could still only recommend taking the road underdog Red Wings here against a depleted Carolina Hurricane squad. Uh, Alex, Detroit, and Carolina. Yeah, this one's got to be a, a pass for me. But like I said, the only way you could look here would really be Detroit, honestly. And and honestly, the thing that's keeping me off of the Red Wings is, like you said, even though they got the win against the Islanders, that they were sliding a little bit. Granted, against good teams, they're playing, you know, Colorado, uh, St. Louis teams that that they completely outmatched them. But I just, you know, like I said, this is kind of a, a weird spot of a game because if, if everyone's healthy, Carolina probably wins this on a 5-2 route. Uh, but you know, Detroit, like I said, they should be able to take advantage of the situation. Will they be able to do that? And on the road, uh, it just remains to be seen. They are 10, uh, they've won 10 of the last 14 meetings in Carolina for what that's worth. That's kind of going back away. So that's something to keep a, a note of as well. And with Nadelkovic playing against his old team, uh, all the intangibles would lead to looking at Detroit. I, I can't see anybody back in Carolina, this depleted and laying this kind of price. Yeah, and we've talked about Detroit before, that sometimes in these instances where there are these bigger dogs, like in Boston earlier this year and a couple other instances where they sneak up and they get the big underdog win, uh, and this could be one of those spots once again. And again, you've got the former Carolina goalie, Nadelkovic, likely in net, just going to be chomping at the bit to put forth a good performance <laughs> to against his former team. So that definitely factors in. And, and yeah, Detroit, tough out every night, it seems. And you're right, even the losses, you know, Colorado, St. Louis, good teams that they played in those recent losses. So yeah, it's just one of those things. There's, there's just too many, too much artillery, too much firepower out of the lineup. I mean, you're talking about Svechnikov and Ajo, their two best forwards, two best scorers right there out tonight for Carolina. And that's just a tip of the iceberg for what they're dealing with tonight. Jimmy, uh, Red Wings, Hurricanes. Guys, I'm all over, all over the Red Wings in this. So you just said it. I mean, this is a team that's been pesky all year, has stolen some games on the road. Uh, and really, I, I think, isn't getting enough respect yet. Uh, from a lot of teams and a lot of people around the game. And, and this is a perfect spot for them, like you said, depleted Carolina lineup. I love the wings straight up on the dog here, babe. Let's do it. All right. Ottawa, Tampa Bay. We've got Tampa Bay minus 250 home favorites here, five and a half the total. Six in some spots, but make sure you shop around. There's a split total here, some five and a half, some sixes, depending on which book you're looking at here. So I get it. It's revenge for Tampa. Uh, they got shut out for uh, by Ottawa 4-0 Saturday afternoon. Uh, it was an impressive game by Ottawa. But I'm not laying a price of this magnitude against this Ottawa team at the moment. You know, they're playing good hockey. And it's not just good hockey and the, the recent surge that they've had uh, in the last few games. And it's not just that they've gone 5-1 and one, uh, in their last six games. Look at the competition they beat. Carolina, Colorado, Tampa Bay, Florida. I mean, they're beating some of the best teams in the NHL. During this stretch, the Ottawa Senators played some good hockey. Brady Kachuk's on fire right now. Uh, Drake Batherson has 16 points in the last eight games. You got to start looking at him in terms of point props. Many of them have been assists, not goals. So I think the prop, the, the points prop is probably the better one to uh, go with 
with Drake Batherson right now, but he has been outstanding uh, offensively. The number one line has been magnificent. Batherson, Norris, and Kachuk. Uh, right now, you can't stop them. I mean, they have been outstanding for the Senators uh, since they've been put together uh, on that top line. Timmy Stutzla, who had struggled, is all of a sudden starting to get his game back going again offensively. Uh, so right now, it's a Ottawa team that's playing with great confidence. And look, they're still shaky at the back end. They're still capable of giving up goals, but they've been a little bit better, at least defensively, uh, in the recent games. That'll be put to the test here, obviously, against Tampa Bay. They beat L.A. in overtime 3-2 to two, uh, the other night. Uh, the loss, of course, was to Ottawa that snapped a uh, five-game win streak, but bounced back, beat the Kings uh, in their last game. Tampa Bay is one of the rare teams right now, and in fact, Ottawa as well, where there isn't a uh, major COVID disruption uh, going on with either of these two teams right now. For uh, Tampa Bay, it's pretty much just you know the same two key guys that have been out for a while, Kucherov uh, and Braden Point still out for uh, Tampa Bay going into this game. I'm going to take Ottawa again here. I am just a small bet because I'm worried, you know, Tampa Bay was certainly kind of embarrassed by Ottawa. It was one of the worst games they've played in a while. I'd expect them to be a lot better tonight, but at this price with the confidence Ottawa's playing with, I'm not ignoring plus 210, plus 215 on this red hot side right now uh, at, at this kind of number. So I'm going to take a small piece of Ottawa here, plus 215. I also like the over a little bit at five and a half here. We had an under the last time these two teams met for nothing. But I think Tampa Bay can get some offense going here tonight against Ottawa. And I think the Senators, with what we're seeing from them and their dynamic top line at the moment, will find the back of the net as well. So total five and a half will go over that number as well with the Senators and Lightning. Uh, Alex, Ottawa, Tampa Bay. Yeah, I would lean toward the over here. And I mean, maybe a shot with Ottawa, I'd probably go first period plus 175. I think they could, you know, maybe even get, you know, a, a, a little early jump. Uh, on the Tampa Bay team, and then we, we might see the Lightning kind of come back. That's what we saw in this first matchup uh, with these two teams that ended up being a Tampa Bay 5-3 win. But Ottawa actually played good in the first you know, 30, 35 minutes of that, of that contest. Uh, and keep in mind, those two last last two meetings between these two clubs, those were day games on a Saturday. So this is kind of a, a little bit more of a normal spot, really, for both of these clubs. These teams aren't really used to playing a lot of day games throughout the year. Ottawa a bit more than Tampa Bay. So I think that might have something to do with it as well. So we could see Tampa Bay bounce back early. So I'm going to take a shot with Ottawa first period money line. And maybe they get two goals. And if Tampa Bay can get some momentum and maybe cut that lead in half, you get a great adjusted price with a live uh, in-game wager. Yeah, definitely. That's a good strategy there that uh, Alex is uh, targeting for this uh, matchup here. Uh, Jimmy, Ottawa-Tampa Bay. Well, I'll tell you this, guys. Speaking of Ottawa, before I give you my insight on this game, uh, just keep an eye on them as the next team that could have an outbreak because let's face it, they played Florida uh, last game, and I, I know talking to some people with the team that they're pretty nervous right now. Uh, but as for this game, uh, you, you look at it. I, I like Ottawa in this. I like the form they're in right now. Uh, I, they're still very capable of sneaking up on these power teams. So I'm going again with a dog here, straight up on the money line, the Ottawa Senators. All right, Ottawa for Jimmy as well. And Jimmy's the one that had the guts to take Ottawa the other night. I was leaning, 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 and uh, didn't actually pull the trigger against Florida the other night in that 8-2 to two victory. But uh, Ottawa right now. And look, it's not only the 5-1 and one stretch that they've had uh, since that brutal stretch they had following their COVID pause. Remember, they were brutal after the COVID pause. They were yep. Defense was ugly. They were losing games left and right. DJ Smith, the rock bottom was the loss to Vancouver at home. DJ Smith called them out. And really, ever since then, they've gone 5-1. and one. And it's not just that they've gone 5-1. and one. It's who they've beaten. They've beaten some of the cream of the crop in the NHL. Carolina, Colorado, Tampa, Florida. Does it get any better than that for teams that you've beaten? 
uh, during this stretch. So very impressive for Ottawa. We'll see and another two guys, I'm going to put a little prop on uh, Josh Norris to get a point. He's been in Fuego lately, so I'm going to ride that. You can go with anyone on that top line. Norris, Batherson, Kachuk, yeah, the whole right, group. Yeah. Uh, they've been lighting it up for Ottawa, Stutz, that top Stutzel's, line. Stutzel's trying to pick it up now, too. Yeah, uh, Tim he's he's kind of had a sophomore slump this year, but he, he's coming around. And we know the talent's there. And he had a great year last year. It's been a bit of a struggle for him uh, so far in his sophomore campaign, which isn't atypical of young players. Sometimes you see that drop off a little bit after a great rookie year. But Tim Stutzla is an outstanding talent, and I think you're going to see him light the lamp a lot more uh, moving forward. All right, Philadelphia, Montreal. We've got Philadelphia, minus 155 to minus 160. Uh, road favorites, five and a half the total in this one. Um, so I've, I got in on Philly at minus 135. Uh, that's what I bet with the Flyers here. Now at this price I'm, for the show, I'm probably going to go regulation and recommend that instead. But I do like the Flyers here uh, in regulation. I mean, Montreal is just a, a complete mess right now. Nothing is going right for them. They are still absolutely ravaged, not by COVID necessarily, but by injuries. That's the, That's been the uh, reason for all the absences lately. It hasn't been a COVID-19 protocol with this team. It has been injuries, and you look at who's still out for them. It's a incredibly depleted group. Armia, Evans, Weidman, Gallagher, Josh Anderson, Paul Byron, Christian Dvorak, Joel Edmondson, Tyler <coughs> Foley. I mean, it is a riddled team right now. They are 6-27 and 27 this season, uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they just cannot find ways to win games. And look, for as much as we've slagged and had fun doing it, slagging Mikey O uh, on this uh, show, uh, in recent years, the Flyers are playing a little bit better. Three straight wins against uh, Vegas, Arizona, and then a 6-1 victory over the Devils. Uh, they are playing with pace. Uh, you watch the Flyers. They're trying to get their offense going. They're trying to really move the puck north-south quickly up the ice, get the transition game going. They're following out the words of Mike Yo when he initially took over from the dismissed Alain Vigneault that they were going to try to play faster. They have done that, and look, it's working for them. They've scored a grand total of 15 goals in the last three games combined, the Philadelphia Flyers. So I think they get the job done here. Philly in regulation for me. Uh, I might go Philly team total over three and a half as well at a plus price because Caden Primo uh, is going to be a net tonight for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Dominic Ducharme saying, look, Jake Allen's not been the reason we've lost, but we, he needs a rest. He needs a mental break. I think he's lost seven straight starts. Team's been horseshit in front of him uh, during this time. Uh, we need a little bit. We need to give him just a little bit of a mental break, and they're going to put Caden Primo in there. Problem is, Caden Primo's numbers in at Laval in the AHL are uh, mediocre. Uh, Nine twelve save percentage for the AHL. It's okay, but it's not great. And in his two NHL starts this year, zero and two, four point eight goals against average, and eight seventy seven save percentage for Caden Primo in his two NHL starts. So tough sledding, I think, for him here against a Flyers team that's won three in a row and has found their offense. Uh, during this three-game win streak. So I like the Flyers in regulation. I, I've, I bet a money line early, but now with the price being what it is, I'll recommend the regulation line at around even money for the show, and I'll go Flyers team total uh, over three and a half, plus 120 as well. Alex, Flyers and Canadians. Well, two phrases I like to say often is that a blind squirrel sometimes finds a nut and a broken clock is right twice daily. And that's kind of what we can kind of say right now about this Philadelphia team. They're winning three in a row and getting offense. Uh which is shocking considering they have Mike Yo as their head coach. We know how much he's uh, more of a defensive-minded kind of guy, but he's got the offense rolling right now. I, I can't really talk too much shit about him at, at the moment. 
Uh, but you know, this is a definitely a spot where I'm going to be looking at the first period over. I'm surprised it's only a dollar twenty-five. The fact that they're eight and two the last ten in the Flyers to the first period over, they do have things going you know higher pace and higher tempo early in the game, and going up against the uh, the third string goalie Caden Primo, who just kind of seems like. He might be a bust. He might just be a fringe AHL guy or, or you know, a, a true number two backup. I don't think he's really got the, the you know, the, the test and, and skill to make it to be a big time number one goalie. Not a big deal, but. Primo's gonna... coming at you now, man. You better watch out. <laughs> I know. Uh-oh. I think he's already come after you. got him. Alex he got Alex. So you're not talking shit about him anymore. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> There he is. I think he got holdy already. Yeah, I know. Did he get sucker punched? Must have happened into my internet or something. Cause, like, <laughs> Cutting your internet wires off. Yeah, yeah right. He's like, he's in the backyard, I guess. But uh, <laughs> but no, but but all, all joking aside, this definitely seems like it could be a game that has some pace early and maybe slow down a bit late uh, with the fact that Primo is in net. And we haven't seen this, I guess, too often with some of these third string goalies. But I think with Montreal, we could because obviously they have to play more of a defensive style uh, to stay in games. We might see them try to clamp down a little bit more and, and try to, to give Caden some help uh, on that back end, which I talk about it often. Sometimes that can take away from the offense uh, that we see because they're mm -hmm. so worried about what's going on at the bottom half of that red line. So uh, if Philly, obviously they can get two or three goals early. That will definitely be Yo's mantra to slow things down, be sound defensively. So I'm with I'm going to be on the first period over minus a dollar twenty five. Probably would look uh, at taking a live under if we cash that. And I also like the draw here at plus three fifteen up to plus three twenty. I wouldn't be shocked to see this be a, a possibly uh, a two two or a three three game. Like I said, the, the goals will probably come early and then they'll make adjustments in the second or third period. All right, good stuff, uh, Jimmy. What do you think here, Flyers Canadians? Guys, I, look, I'm going to uh, – the Canadians, the Flyers, two teams I just can't trust. But, you know, the, like you said, Flyers in a good form right now. And, and I get what you're saying right now about Caden Primo. I think it's a little too early to, to put the judgment on him yet, but I, I agree with you. And, he, and, look, this isn't a good situation for any young kid to go between the pipes and uh, with what's going on in Montreal. I mean, they're a mess right now. You see Jeff Petrie, what he said about the structure on the team. They're basically taking a direct shot at Dominic Ducharme. Uh, it's just a mess up there right now. And look, I, I don't see things getting better for them. I think the, the best thing going right now for the Montreal Canadiens is that they could be drafting number one overall when the draft is in Montreal come June or July. So, you know, they've got that marketing campaign going for them later on as we get closer. But other than that, it's a shit show. So I, I like right now, I'm going to stay away from the total over under. I'm going to stay away from the side. But what I really like right now is for the Flyers to shut the Canadians down because their offense isn't working. So give me the under two and a half goals for the Montreal Canadiens. Makes a lot of sense. They've only hit three goals once uh, in their last, uh, how many games? Seven. Uh, that's it. I mean, two goals or less for Montreal, six of their last seven games. Uh, so they have had trouble putting the puck in the net. Uh, wouldn't argue with that, that team total under for uh, Montreal in this one. And uh, Carter Hart, by the way, is in net for the uh, – Flyers, and he's actually played a little bit better lately. Three goals or less now and three straight starts uh, for him. Uh, so finding his footing a little bit uh, right now for uh, the Philadelphia Flyers uh, going into this game. Played a little bit better the last few starts. All right, he, Los Angeles. He started to chip in well on the road, too, which is something that yes. we've kind of always talked about. He's a better home goalie, but yes. his road numbers as of late have actually been pretty solid. There you go. Exactly. He has played better away from home, which was an issue 
uh, earlier on for him. All right, Los Angeles, Florida. We've got Florida minus 150 home favorites, five and a half, six the total, depending on where you look here. And this opened minus 200 for Florida, and you could get LA plus 170, plus 180. And now you can only get plus 130. And the reason is very clear. Florida is another team, much like Carolina. Boston, we'll get to them in a little bit, just ravaged right now. Let me rhyme off who is likely out tonight for Florida. Aaron Ekblad will start there. Uh, he's a game-time decision right now, actually. Uh, undisclosed issue for Aaron Ekblad uh, with him. It may not be uh, the COVID-19 reason, but still a problem. Uh, question mark whether he'll be able to play tonight for the Florida Panthers. Uh, Gustav Forsling on the blue line uh, is not going to play tonight, uh, likely in this game against the uh, Kings, although it's still, still saying maybe a game-time decision for him. Frank Petrano, also a questionable. But then the ones confirmed out, Tonight for the uh, Florida Panthers, Sam Bennett, Radko Gudis on the blue line, Brandon Montour on the blue line, Carter Verhey, Noel Achari, Alexander Barkov, Ryan Lomberg. Uh, it is just a mess. I mean, you're talking about one, two, three, four, five defensemen, all starting defensemen for the Panthers out tonight. Three of your uh, centers uh, not suiting up tonight for the Florida Panthers. Your all-around best player and your captain, uh, Alexander Barkov, uh, Ekblad now is just another nail in the coffin potentially for tonight if you're Florida, not having him. And we know how valuable he is to this team. I mean, you look at the Florida Panthers and what uh, Brun uh, Andrew Burnett's going to have to look out uh, or send out there uh, in terms of his lineup tonight. It it's not looking good whatsoever uh, going into this game. The blue line is looking like Mackenzie Wegar, Ole Ulevi, Lucas Carlson, and... <laughs> I mean, they're going to have to find some ways to patch this blue line together. That's that's not an NHL caliber blue line. It's simple, especially if Ekblad doesn't go. There's a good chance Forsling's not going to be in there tonight. I mean, it is going to be, what's Mackenzie Wegar going to play 60 minutes uh, on the ice tonight? That's not going to happen. That can't happen. You can't play every shift, every minute uh, of the game. Uh, so they've got all kinds of issues. And somehow they're going to have to sort out what their six defensemen are going to look like tonight. But Right now, it is just a disaster for Florida on the back end. Again, they're gutted at center ice. You're looking at a four-center center spot that's going to have Anton Lindell elevated, the number one center spot. Uh, old man Winter, uh, Jumbo Joe Thornton, is going up to the number two center spot uh, tonight for the Florida Panthers. Uh, so it's just a patchwork, to say the least, for the Florida Panthers. Now, the one issue or the concern, I guess, would be with taking L.A. would be, well, this team just got embarrassed the other night by the Ottawa Senators, 8-2, to two, and that's true. I'd expect Florida to be pretty angry, want to bounce back, but the problem is you got to have the artillery. you got to have the manpower. you got to have the bullets in the chamber, uh, if you will, to bounce back from a loss like that. And I don't see many bullets in the Florida Panthers' chamber with just this ravaged situation that they are going through right now because of COVID-19. So uh, I'm still on L.A., even with Florida trying to avenge that uh, brutal defeat to the Ottawa Senators. you got to have the manpower to do so. I don't know if this team has it. Alex, what do you think here, L.A. and Florida? I'm really happy with myself. Yesterday evening, I picked up uh, the L.A. Kings plus 168. And let's just throw the whole COVID situation out for a second. I, I, this is the reason I bet the game. Looking at Florida's current form, they've lost three of the last four. They get crushed by Ottawa. Even when you go back and look at the win they had uh, a couple weeks ago against St. Louis, it was a 4-3 win in the shootout. They had 51 shots on goal, but if you look at the heat map, they were basically standing in my backyard trying to take shots in St. Louis. There was the, the qualities, which were just absolutely terrible. So 51 shots, 
Uh, you, you can't even just look at that number and think, oh, okay, yeah, they were, they were, you know, had a bunch of great tra- chances. They really didn't. Things haven't really been the same since Quinville left and Brunette changing over, and now having the COVID issues, they're, you know, probably two phone calls away from getting Ed Jovanovski back in uniform to play on that blue line. Uh, it, it's just horrendous right Even now. Even Florida, Florida television, they can ask him right there in the yeah, building. See, yeah. then they, there you go. So, so we, we might actually see it. They're, 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 they're that depleted on the blue line. And looking at L.A., this is a scrappy team. This is the team that we said they were going to be uh, at the beginning of the year. They're going to fight in games. They're going to you know, be able to get some gritty wins against some teams they really have no business beating. Uh, Tampa Bay being one of them the other night. Uh, well, Tampa at least taking them to, over, to overtime. They ended up losing that game, but they, they were looking good for the most of the 60 minutes. They won two games prior to that. This is a good spot for LA, I, I feel like. They know they can take advantage of what, uh, it's normally a better team than them, but catch them in this bad spot. They're in bad form. They're dealing with COVID issues all together. Uh, this just screams like a great LA spot, and most people agree because we've seen this number drop 60 cents, and who knows, it might even be picking by the time puck drops. All right, uh, good stuff. Yeah, it's hard to, hard to lay a price with Florida. We know they're the better team. All things are equal, and both teams are healthy, but Florida's stumbled lately, and now they're just, like I say, this. I, I'm going to be fascinated to see the final confirmed starting lineup for Florida and see what this blue line looks like. Who the hell are they putting back there? I mean, it's Ekblad, it's Forsling. It's, it's just gutted, uh, that blue line going into this game tonight for the uh, Florida Panthers. Uh, it's going to be, like I say, it's, it's Ekblad, it's Gudis is out. Montour, Brandon Montour has been such a good defenseman for them. He's going to be out. Gudis out. Ekblad may not play. Forsling may not play. If both of those guys, their game-time decisions, Forsling and Ekblad don't play, who the hell is going to be on the blue line tonight for Florida? It's a major, major concern. Jimmy, what do you think here, Kings-Panthers? Guys, what I think is this is the first Jimmy Puck line of the day, and it's going to be a reverse Puck line. Give me the Florida Panthers, minus one and a half. You get some great value on that. I love them to take care of business there. And another Kings, thing is we, right? said it, we said it earlier. We said it yesterday. Look, look at that AHL team right now, the Charlotte Checkers uh, for the Florida Panthers. I would fade yeah. the hell out of them this weekend uh, because they're going to be missing half their team. Yeah, it's definitely a concern. I think I think you said Florida. You meant L.A. Kings. Minus Excuse me. Yes. Yeah, right. Right. Kings. Yeah, I knew it. I knew you meant that. But yeah, <laughs> L.A. Kings minus one and a half plus 325. There you go. Uh, that's a heck of a price there with the Kings uh, reverse uh, puck line minus one and a half. Kings plus 325. And uh, yeah, just keep an eye on this Florida lineup because uh, like I say, if Ekblad and Forsling might still play and maybe they'll force themselves to play just because they're so depleted already. Uh, on the back end, but if they don't, I mean, it's, it's paper thin. It's, 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 it's like, it's, it's, we aren't a bunch of nobodies. If, if uh, Forsling yeah. and uh, Ekblad don't play on the blue line, we don't have a goalie confirmation either on either side yet. Bobrovsky anticipated for Florida. We don't know if it's Peterson or quick uh, for the Kings, believe it or not, quick's got the better numbers right now yep. uh, than Cal Peterson. He's He's get back here. Really yep. good year. 2.09 goals against average, 931 yep. save percentage. Those are Jonathan Quick and his prime numbers yeah. that he's putting he, up He's right finally now. healthy. He had those groin issues for quite some time, and then he's finally able to get a significant amount of time off and recover and heal. And, and now he's playing, like I said, almost like uh, his prime days about a decade ago. I, I guess, you know, I know it's not gambling related here, but just in terms of Quick there, I'd keep an eye on him to, to not be on the Kings uh, once the trade deadline passes. I mean, yep. a team like Colorado could use him. Uh, there's some other teams out there, obviously, that need some goalies. And he'd be a really good guy to have in case your starter gets hurt. He's got Stanley Cup experience. He's proven he can play. And now he's doing it again. So that's something yeah. to keep an eye on. 
I agree. And with LA, with all he's done for that franchise, I mean, they would definitely let him go and get get one more shot at a cup uh, right. before possibly calling a, a career. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. All right. Vegas and New Jersey. We've got Vegas minus 175 home road favorites, I should say. Uh, the total six across the board in this one. Uh, it looks like in terms of goalies here, we're going to have Laurent Brossois uh, likely in net tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, obviously backed up Hellebuck in Winnipeg last year. He's been the backup for Vegas uh, this year. Uh, and he's capable. He hasn't been quite as good this year uh, so far as he was last year in Winnipeg. Still a five and two record. So good win-loss record, 2.66 goals against 9-11 save percentage. Solid numbers. They're not phenomenal, but they're solid uh, for Brossois. Uh, Vegas just playing great hockey. I mean, what can we say? They've been uh, magnificent uh, during this stretch. They've been offensively. They've been uh, lighting it up left and right. Uh, the Golden Knights have 33 goals in the last seven games combined. So they are just absolutely an offensive force right now uh, at the moment. Uh, and look, wait till they get Jack Eichel back. Uh, next year in early 2022. I mean, it's going to be really a tough team to stop. Pacioretty is playing, as Jimmy said it the other day, some of the best hockey of his career. It's true. Stone and, and Stevenson, that whole yeah. line is just Hopefully they're the up. front runners for Evander Kane right now, which is what I'm hearing, which I don't yeah, know. If that's I, really I don't like that, hockey. Jimmy. I don't like that. I, I don't like that for Kane being yeah. residing in Las Vegas. Yeah, but, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some temptations might come. Yeah, you think? This, you think? You yeah. think? Maybe yeah. the COVID protocols will help prevent that. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. No, and plus, I think malcontent and issues off the ice, character yeah. flaws, and all that. Like, I wouldn't want any part of that if I'm Vegas. You got some harmony going. You've got good camaraderie with this group. Don't screw it up by bringing in this uh, head case that is Evander Kane. Uh, I hope they don't do that because I think that would ruin. You got enough offense. You know, yeah. it's going to be offensive in a bad way to the hockey team if you bring in a right, exactly. different type of offensive. Uh, so, yeah, keep away from that if you're uh, McCrimmon and you're McPhee. Uh, you already got enough offense, but uh, I digress. Uh, Vegas playing great hockey. Like I said, five and one their last six games. New Jersey, they've lost three in a row. I'm still going to take Vegas in regulation here, even with Brossois and that. They're just much better right now uh, than the Devils. They're playing great hockey. I don't see this Devils team that's had tough time defensively lately uh, shutting them down. Uh, Vegas rolling right now at the moment. You can get minus 115 for Vegas in regulation. I like that. I like the over two uh, because I think Vegas can get five or six maybe all by themselves. We just saw the Devils give up six to Philly. Uh, a weak Islander offense scored four goals against them. You know, they've given up five goals to the likes of Minnesota, eight goals to Winnipeg uh, during this rough stretch. And look, Mackenzie Blackwood's fighting the puck right now. That's all there is to say. I mean, he's just not been great this year and really hasn't been himself. He's got a late start to the season because of his issues early on. And now it seems like since he's been back with the delayed start to his year, he just hasn't found any sort of comfort zone or gotten into any sort of rhythm or found any sort of consistent confidence in between the pipes for the Devils. So I think Vegas finds the back of the net early and often. We'll go Vegas in regulation, uh, minus 115, and also over six here, minus 120 in this game. Alex, uh, Golden Knights and Devils. This is a game that's uh, pretty much going to be a pass for me. I would lean toward the first period over here because that's something we've seen trend, obviously, with Vegas. You mentioned uh, the offense they have. And that, and this is a New Jersey team that can be kind of sneaky early in games. And then, like like we talk about, the, the one of those teams that make those adjustments in the second and third period. But there's other spots I like more on the board, so I'm just going to just pass this one all together. Yeah, someone in the chat, Rich, mentioning, yeah, there's a couple absences. The same guys that have been out for a couple of games now for New Jersey, Nico Heeshear. Uh, is going to be uh, out again here for the Devils tonight, looks like, uh, uh, and Boquist as well. 
uh, going to be out for them uh, tonight in this game. So a couple absences for uh, the Devils uh, going into this one tonight. So you're concerned about that. It's not a team that can afford injuries. Miles Wood's been out for a while. That's a concern. And Ryan Graves is definitely a, a guy they miss on the blue line as well. He remains out. And of course, they got him from Colorado in the offseason. It was a good get for the Devils, but Ryan Graves out of the lineup right now. He won't suit up tonight for New Jersey. Uh, Jimmy, uh, what do you think here, Vegas, New Jersey? I'm loving Vegas. And it's another Jimmy Puck line here. Give me them minus one and a half. Uh, you get some decent value on that right now. I just, I like the way they're playing right now. They're, they're, on, they're in their zone. It's going to end sometime. So you might as well enjoy it while it lasts. Absolutely. So Vegas minus one and a half puck line plus 135 uh, for Jimmy in this one. Uh, Boston Bruins, New York Islanders. We got the Islanders minus 120 to minus 125 home favorites, five and a half the total uh, in this game. Boston, another team that is just absolutely gutted right now by absences caused by uh, COVID-19 protocol. Uh, for them, here's the list. Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, Trent Frederick, Anton Bleed. Ja well, Jakob Zaborl has been an injury issue. Greg Smith, uh, in terms of him, he's on the protocol list as well for the Bruins. So key absences uh, across the board for them, especially up front. And as Jimmy said earlier in the show, Boston hasn't played the greatest of hockey all season uh, or of late, although they had a decent Western Canadian swing. But, you know, they come home, they face a very good uh, Vegas Golden Knights team, and they end up losing a uh, 4-1 to one, uh, in that game to the uh, Golden Knights. Really were out of it early and never really mounted any sort of comeback. And look, Boston opened minus 130 road favorites. This is another situation where the team with the COVID issues has been bet against heavily uh, in the betting markets. Boston was minus 130 on the opener as road favorites. Now the Islanders are minus 120 to minus 125 home favorites. Uh, I did bet the Islanders minus 115. It's gone up a little since I got it, but I would still look toward the Islanders. And the Islanders are a tough team to trust. I get it. They are, we're waiting for this team maybe to go on a run. Maybe they're just not going to. Maybe they've fallen off uh, a little bit this year. Uh, but, you know, they've alternated wins and losses the last four games. Beat Ottawa, lost to Nashville, beat the Devils, lost to Detroit 2-1 uh, the other night. It's just a depleted Boston team, so much so that I think it's a situation where we can hopefully get the Islanders to bounce back here at home. Look, Anthony Beauvillier was in Barry Trotz's doghouse. We talked about this earlier in the week. He had been a healthy scratch for a couple games. Barry finally puts him back in the lineup the other night against Detroit. He didn't score, but, man, he was all over the ice. He was noticeable. He had a bunch of chances. He had four shots on goal. It's probably the best game he's played in a while for the Islanders. I think it's going to happen sooner or later that he finds the back of the net. If he brings that same kind of effort level that he did against Detroit the other night, he's going to eventually break out of this horrible goal drought that he's in. And it could be tonight here against this depleted Boston team. So I like Anthony Beauvillier here for the Islanders here to finally get off the schneid and score a goal. He was finally noticeable, you know, the other night, and you can get plus 350 on him uh, to score a goal tonight in this game against the Boston Bruins. So I like the Islanders minus 120. I'm also going to take Beauvillier to score plus 350. Alex, uh, Bruins and Islanders. Yeah, I mean, we're going to, you know, obviously heed the sound of the warning that Jimmy has given us about this Boston team right now with all the issues they're dealing with. So uh, I grabbed uh, plus 140 in regulation with the Islanders. Uh, and obviously, you know, they want to try to stack wins in their new building. It's something that they struggled to do uh, at the very beginning. So hopefully they can, you know, like I said, let's say take advantage of, of playing a depleted team right now. Like I said, they, they got to find some more consistency offensively. Uh, and really, even on the back end, too. I mean, it's just been kind of just a, a up and down kind of feel. And we saw five, I think, at one point when this opened. 
uh, I, I almost was l- looking to take that just based on uh, the amount of shots that Boston normally gets off. But like I said, with all of the lineup basically being in flux, you can't expect this group to give you 35, 40 shots like they would a, a full healthy lineup. That which would be, uh, I think, the average of 35.5 is second best in the league when they're fully healthy. So this definitely just feels like a spot where you can grab Islanders at any plus price. Go for it. All right, Chris Otto liking the draw. It's going to be a tight game. That's the one thing. The Islanders might win this game, but they're even with Boston kind of struggling and obviously shorthanded immensely tonight, it's not like the Islanders are the type of team to blow teams out, even teams in the situation Boston is in tonight. So I could see it being close. So the draw does, in theory, uh, I could see that getting there. Uh, you know, Islanders in overtime or a shootout winning the game, that would not shock me. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here, Bruins-Islanders? I don't think the Bruins sniff even the second period. They'll be done by then. Give me the reverse puck line on the New York Islanders in this one, folks. There you go. That's the Islanders on the uh, puck line here. That is minus uh, one and a half here. Yeah, reverse puck, because they remember the Islanders were home underdogs initially, so it's a reverse puck line. It's minus one and a half plus <laughs> 225 for the uh, New York Islanders. Jimmy puck line. Hey, Jimmy puck line was a best bet against Boston the other night uh, with Vegas. We'll see if uh, lightning strikes twice here. Back-to-back puck line winners for Jimmy going against the uh, Bruins here, uh, a depleted Bruins roster as they take on the Islanders tonight. All right, before we get to our next game, we'll mention DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL and NHL, and, of course, great partners with the uh, Ice Guys and the Hockey Podcast Network. You'll be a winner with a single point scored in the NFL this Sunday. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. No worries. You can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score. With promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and NHL must be 21 years of age or older new customers only must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required one per customer restrictions apply see draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER download the DraftKings app sign up for an account and use the promo code THPN all right we move now to Buffalo and Minnesota we've got Minnesota minus 310 Home favorites in this game. The total is six uh, across the board uh, in this matchup. Uh, The Minnesota Wild back in action tonight. Remember, they had their game postponed Tuesday night uh, against Carolina because of the Hurricanes' uh, COVID issues. Back tonight against the uh, Buffalo Sabres, who, boy, they've been a tough out the last three games of the Sabres. 2-1 loss to the Rangers, 3-2 loss in a shootout to Washington, and then a huge plus-220 dog they were uh, against Winnipeg. A huge upset for them. Uh, four to two uh, over the Winnipeg Jets uh, in their last game. Uh, so give them credit. They played some uh, solid uh, hockey of late and they're riding this youngster who's back in net tonight, Uka Pekka Lukanen uh, for the uh, Buffalo Sabres back in net tonight uh, for the Sabres in this game. He's played extremely well. I mean, you can't take away from what he's done these last few games. He's given them a chance every single night, 1.98 goals against average, 939 save percentage. Is this sustainable? That ends up being the big question. I still would lean over the toe. I still did bet the over here. I mean, you can't ignore Minnesota at home with the overs. I mean, we've talked about this. Just we've beaten this 
into death, you know, all year long with Minnesota uh, with the overs at home. Uh, they've been just a goal scoring machine, especially here at XL Energy Center. We've seen it repeatedly for the year. Minnesota coming into this game 11 and 1, guys, to the over. 11 and 1 in 12 home games to the over for Minnesota this year. You look at the numbers they're putting up on home ice from a goal scoring standpoint, they're averaging 4.5 goals per game at home this year. Uh, look, Lukanen's playing great, but he's going to play this good lights out every single night. I don't know about that. Uh, I'm still going to go over the total here and I'm going to take a small piece, just small, but because I like the way they've been competing lately, I'm going to take just a, just a tiny piece of the Buffalo money line here, tiny, but I it just can't ignore how well they've played with this young kid in net. He's given them confidence. They're still giving up chances, but he's been making the saves for them lately. And I think they'll find the back of the net here a little bit again. The one thing about Minnesota now with the extra days off, I could see some sloppy play and turnovers defensively from them uh, in this game, maybe to keep Buffalo around a little bit. So small piece of Buffalo money line, but I like the total more. Uh, we'll go over six here with the Sabres uh, and the Wild. Uh, Alex, Buffalo, Minnesota. Now I'm, I'm looking at, at Minnesota here. Not to go to with the team total, but I like that over, obviously, with, like I said, the way that they're playing at home. I'm not going to uh, – go and complicate it too much trying to you know can't get a good adjusted price even now with how high the money line is regulations not gonna do any good either so we're gonna go first period over one and a half minus a dollar 35 full game over six minus a dollar 20 uh like i said lukanen's been playing very well in net but i mean they're gonna ride him into the ground and you know dell's down in, in rochester suban's the backup but he's still kind of dealing with a nagging injury they're gonna have to start stacking equipment bags in net if they wear lukanen uh, into the ground. It, they just don't have any depth. We talked about it off air. Even the guys that are in Rochester, uh, if they wanted to call somebody up, they just aren't uh, even close to NHL quality. So, you know, high watermarks for Minnesota getting the over at home. Like I said, 11 of the last 12. Buffalo's got goaltending issues. That's just the way I look at it. This, if this wild team, and you, you're saying you expect to see sloppiness, I think we're going to see the exact opposite from Minnesota having the day off. I think Everson Really going to, you know, he gave them a day of rest, but also drill them hard in practice, knowing that they got to defend their home turf. This is two points they need in the standings, yep. sitting atop the Central Division against a team they should definitely beat the crap out of. So uh, I like they think Minnesota might be able to get six on their own, and we just only need one uh, from Buffalo. So I'm going to go with the over at first period and the over full game into that. They are lighting it up at home. Uh, and there is some fear that the floodgates – like Lukanen, is he all of a sudden going to be Marty Brodeur for 10 straight games now uh, here and early in his career? That's going to be the – play like him at least. Uh, he has so far in the last three games, but is this going to keep up indefinitely? And look, Minnesota's been lighting it up at home. I don't argue with that. You know what I might do with this Buffalo bet? Rather than to put it all of it – and it's a small bet as it is – but rather than put it all on the money line, I'm going to split it up a little because I can get plus one and a half at like plus 110. Just a little insurance in case it's a one goal game here. So I might do that, a little split bet. Buffalo plus one and a half, even money plus 110 on the puck line. And then just a tiny, tiny little piece of the uh, money line here at uh, plus, what is it, 260, 270 is what we're looking at here with Buffalo. But Alex and I agree on the over. We do think there'll be some goals tonight uh, in this one. Uh, Jimmy, Sabres and Wild. Yeah, I'm going to just piggyback on what Alice has got there. I, I love that. I, I did the same thing already. Uh, first period over and the total over there. And I, I would love to jump on Minnesota. to win. I was even tempted to maybe do a minus two and a half to get some value there. <laughs> Excuse me, but I'm not going to jump on that. So let me just get that first period over and the total. 
All right, there you go. First period over, full game over. That's been that's been a Jimmy special lately. The, yeah, the split first period, full game over. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, Jimmy going with that here with the Sabres and the Wild. All right, Colorado-Nashville. We've got Colorado minus 180 road favorites, six the total in this one. Colorado just keeps on motoring along. Nashville, another team. They don't have quite the number of players impacted by COVID-19 that, say, Florida, Boston, uh, and Carolina have. But nevertheless, um, they've still got some concerns here with who's going to be potentially out for them tonight in this game. Uh, Michael Granlin, uh, it looks like he's going to be out. He's in virus protocol. Uh, Matt Duchesne, uh, it is an injury situation for him, not COVID, but he may miss this game for the Predators, and he's had a nice bounce-back season offensively. Ryan Johansson is on the uh, COVID-19 protocol list, didn't play the last game, and probably out once again tonight for Nashville as well. So it's going to be tough sledding. I mean, that's Duchesne and uh, Johansson who have played better this year, have been two of their better forwards, Granlin out as well. Uh, you know, you're going to be shorthanded group here against this surging Colorado Avalanche team uh, that has been, you know, really dynamite offensively during this run. They've won five in a row. They've scored seven, 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 three, and four uh, during this stretch. Uh, I think they probably keep it going here in this one. I'm not going to overcomplicate. You could go with the team total for Colorado. It's three and a half. I probably will sprinkle on that Colorado team total over three and a half uh, in this game at around even money. But I'm going to go with Colorado in regulation as well. Uh, they're playing well. Nashville with some key uh, pieces out of the lineup right now as they battle their own COVID-19 protocol uh, situation tonight. So it feels like this is a spot for Colorado. Just keep the good times rolling and, and find their way to another victory. So uh, Colorado for me in regulation. I would think we're going to see Kemper uh, once again in net tonight. Uh, this is not a back-to-back -back situation. Colorado does not play Friday night. And look, Kemper... It, look, he's certainly showing you how valuable he is because when they were throwing, uh, you know, Jonas Johansson and uh, and and, <laughs> and the guys like that in the net, uh, it was pretty rough for Colorado. And the other kid uh, out of uh, Finland there, it was not good for Colorado when he was out. Now they get Kemper back, and all of a sudden that solidified their goaltending here in the last couple of games. So Colorado in regulation will go with that in this game. You can get that around minus 110, minus 115. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Avs Predators. Yeah, if I had to play anything, that's the only thing I would look at would be Avalanche in regulation. Uh, this should have been a really you know fun matchup if everybody had been you know good and healthy. Two teams that are on five-game winning streaks probably would have seen this line somewhere in the pick'em range, but obviously heavy money coming in on Colorado as a result of the COVID issues that the Predators are dealing with. Uh, so it won't be official in my car, but I, I, I would lean only with taking uh, the Avs to win within 60. Yeah, so I like the Avalanche team total. I'll have a bet on that. A little bit more, a uh, bigger bet for me, Avalanche and regulation. Again, minus 115 is what you can get with that at, at, at a lot of books right now. Still a pretty good price on that. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here, Colorado, Nashville? Another Jimmy puck line here, boys. I'm all about the puck line today, I guess. Give me the Avs on the puck line. Hey, there it is. Needed Nashville squad. Yep, Jimmy puck line, minus one and a half, Colorado uh, on the puck line, which you can get at plus 140. Uh, in this one. All right, Columbus and Edmonton. We've got Edmonton minus 200 own favorites, six, six and a half the total in this one. I'm taking Columbus, man, at this price. I mean, I don't have no faith at all right now in it. It's a dog kind of night here uh, on this card for me. And I'm taking Columbus here. Edmonton's just struggling right now. They've said, I, I've heard the same freaking quotes from Tippett and from McDavid and Dreisaitl the last three games. 
you know, we're doing some good things, but we need to be better in all air. I've said the same shit now, three games in a row, and they've still kept losing these games, you know, and so I'm, I'm done believing it. The one thing Columbus can do is they can score a bit. You know, I've been impressed with them offensively. They are a bit of a shit show defensively. I will admit that they're not a great blue line. This could be a night where Edmonton's offense maybe does wake up, but if it doesn't, you know, Columbus is live in this game. You've even in their losses lately, like you look at Columbus, they're two and three, the last five games, five, four loss to Toronto, two, one shootout loss to Anaheim, four, three loss to Vancouver, where they had a three, nothing lead in that game and let it get away. Columbus has been right there in every game lately. So uh, give me the jackets here on the money line. I, I, and I like the over too, because we got our old friend Skinner uh, in net tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. Stuart Skinner. Don't trust him one bit. Uh, his numbers are mediocre and that's putting it mildly. Uh, 918 save percentage, 276 goals against. And you're talking about, here's another thing. Edmonton is almost, my, they are minus 200 in this game with a goalie that is two and five in his seven starts this year uh, for the Edmonton Oilers, Stuart Skinner. So that's the concern here. I like the uh, Columbus side. I think it's worth the shot taking them at plus 175 here. And I like over the total. There are still some sixes out there. I got a six, even at six and a half, I would lean that way. I mean, they're already piling on this Edmonton team during this losing streak. Everybody's frustrated. Media, you know, is coming after them a bit uh, for these struggles. The fan base is getting frustrated and panicking a little bit. We saw Jersey getting thrown on the ice the other night uh, against Ron. By the way, I'm sick of this shit with the jerseys being thrown. Me too. Could you cut it out? Could you no. be a grown-up? Could you be an adult? Could you be a loyal fan? Could you be true blue fan and stick with your team through thick and thin? Grow up with the no. jerseys being thrown on the ice. Seriously, I'm sick of it. Be a loyal fan. You know, was I was pissed and depressed the other night with my tie cats. It was a gut-wrenching gray cup loss. Did I throw my fucking hoodie on the field? No. no, I did not. I didn't do that. Why? Because I'm a loyal fan. I would never do that. Have some respect for your team's sweater, jersey, yeah. for what they stand for. Be a good fan. You know, just because you lose a game and things are not going well for Edmonton, I get the frustration. You had a great start to the season, and now things are spiraling downward. You're in a losing streak. McDavid and Dreisaitl aren't scoring like they were. The defense and the goaltending hasn't been as good. The power plays dried up. The five-on-five -five offense is gone down a little bit i understand the frustration there's a lot of expectations here for edmonton but be a loyal fan be a good fan grow up act like an adult stop throwing the jerseys on the ice i'm sick of it it's nonsense it's childish behavior it's immature actions i mean come on it's not like this team's been a dumpster fire the last couple of years you've been a playoff team you've been a good competitive team be a good fan all there is to it enough with throwing the jerseys on the ice you know or, or setting them on fire or some of the stupid shit i've seen in years past like alex you're a blackhawks fan when the blackhawks suck are you throwing a jersey on the ice are you setting it on fire hell no no absolutely not absolutely not like let's <laughs> let's use our heads a little bit let's be good fans i know like I'm, I'm i'm frustrated with every team i cheer for when they suck but i would never stoop to that level throw a jersey on the ice or set it on fire or throw it in a garbage can or anything like that. I mean, yeah. come on guys, let's, let's, let's grow up. Let's be adults a little bit. Come on. Yeah. Let, let's try to give our team some positive energy. I mean that, that if you really love your team, you'd never do something like that. In my opinion, it's disrespectful, disrespectful. Yeah. I see. All right, Alex, there's my rant. What do you think here? Columbus no, I, I agree with you. 1000%. Not to mention these things cost way too much fucking money to be thrown yeah. around and setting on fire. So uh, with that being said, yeah, I just, just don't do it folks. Uh, seriously. But with this game, the only thing you look at is over. Even if you find six and a half, you still have to look over. Stuart Skinner's in that. 
he's probably one of the worst third-string goalies in the league. You look on the flip side, Elvis Merzlikens, he's been playing well at times, but he's still been giving up some soft goals. He'll make 45 saves, and then the five goals he allows are, are, are you know, pucks each other stop. We've seen the overcash in 15 of the last 20 games with, with Columbus, uh, and this is the team that Oil, the Oilers need to face right now, being on this losing streak. They need a team that they can get their transition game rolling against, and Columbus is definitely that uh, prime opponent. So I have no idea who wins this game, but I think we see at least seven, eight, nine goals. So let's go with the over. All right, Alex, liking the uh, over here. It's hard to d- dispute that. Uh, if there's one night you can expect maybe Edmonton to get their offense rolling, it could be this Columbus team. And uh, you just hope Columbus returns fire offensively, and they certainly could uh, against Stuart Skinner and the uh, Oilers tonight, uh, given his numbers. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Jackets and Oilers. Yeah, I'm going to ride with that over too. As far as the side goes, I'm just going to pass on that because I mean, I, I do, I very much could see Columbus win. I like that call by you, Ian, but um, it's just, you know, you got to wonder when does Edmonton wake up here and how bad do they want it? They got to snap out of this at some point. I don't know if it's tonight, so I'm going to stay away from the side, but give me that over. Yeah, exactly. And you know what's funny, too, about the guy that threw the jersey on the ice for it, uh, against Toronto the other night, the Oilers fan? They're 16-11. and 11. It's still a pretty solid record. Yeah. I know they've right. lost six in a row, but come on, it's, it's not like a 2-10 and 10 hockey team. They're like Alex said, too, these, these jerseys are quite expensive. So if you're, if you're throwing those jerseys on the ice like that, you better damn well be helping that homeless guy on the sidewalk when you walk out yeah, of that yep, arena. Exactly. Or you're just sure. a selfish and title prick. So yeah. that's the way I look at that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's just, it's like, it's like we're, it's like they're, this is the worst team in the NHL with doing something like that, throwing the jersey on the ice. So they're 16 and 11. That's a little rough patch right now. Leafs went through a rough, every team's going, Florida's going through a rough patch right now. I wonder um, though, not to justify it, maybe the guy put a lot of money on him in that game. I don't know. It doesn't justify it, but yeah. maybe that was, was his reasoning because you're right. This isn't a really bad team. Yeah. No, this isn't. They're going through a rough patch. You know, this is still going to be a playoff team. There's still a lot of talent there. Still a lot of things to like with this Edmonton team. Although, I will say this, they got to get some depth scoring. They have to. I don't care who it is. Yamamoto, uh, you know, down the line. Cassian, whoever. they got to get some of these guys helping out offensively. Because we're seeing clear as day right now that when McDavid and Dreisaitl are shut down and taken away by the opposition, they're not getting much from anybody else. Warren Fogle's been a disappointment this year. I thought he'd be better offensively getting him from Carolina. So yeah. Nugent Hopkins got to do something. He's got to step up. You know, uh, could you get something from Tur- – I'm not going to hold my breath on Kyle Turris. Kyle Turris has been, you know, non-existent for years now. Haven't found him with a telescope on the ice in three years. Why, why should we start expecting something from him now? He's one of the uh, biggest disappointments, I think, yeah. in the last 20 years. Oh, first yeah. round pick. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. Easily. easily. Yeah, and high first-round pick as well, top 10 pick uh, in yep. the NHL years ago. So, uh, And it's just his game's just completely flatlined offensively the last few years. So, uh, But they need somebody from the second, the third, and the fourth line to get going offensively for Edmonton, and that'll help them out of this uh, losing skid that they're on right now. All right, we go to the final game uh, of this Thursday card, Vancouver-San Jose. San Jose minus 120 to minus 125. Home favorites, five and a half the total. Uh, in this game. Now with Vancouver, I, I do understand that the there is some COVID issues creeping up for them. A lot of it, though, are depth players. Brad Hunt, depth defenseman. Tucker Pullman, depth defenseman. And then the other guys that were out as well, uh, more depth players. Still, you don't like seeing it, but Luke Shen, uh, Tucker Pullman, Brad Hunt, all defensemen uh, on COVID protocol for the Vancouver Canucks. So, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about that going into this game. But come on. 
You guys know where I'm still going in spite of that tonight uh, in this game. We're taking Vancouver. We're riding the Bruce Boudreaux train once again here. Bruce, there it is, as Jimmy said the other day. That's exactly what we're doing here. Uh, very impressed by the Canucks. That's not a game they win with Travis Green still at the helm because if they had gone down 3 nothing in the first period like they did against Columbus with Green still behind the bench, there wouldn't have been a response. There wouldn't have been pushback from the Vancouver Canucks, but we saw exactly that from them in that comeback against the Jackets the other night. 4-3 uh, win for the Canucks to remain undefeated uh, since Bruce Boudreaux's uh, been behind the bench. San Jose's coming off a pretty disappointing home loss to Seattle uh, the other night, although Chris Drieger played pretty well uh, in that game. And look, guys, with Philip Grubauer, once again, not finding a way to help his team win a game last night against Anaheim, I think it's time. It's, it's Drieger time in my opinion, in Seattle. I think you got to start giving him uh, some more starts. Uh, I think tonight, Aiden Hill, by the way, is going to be in net uh, for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. You'd expect Demko to be in net. They gave Yaro Halak a surprise start uh, the other night against uh, Columbus, and, and they came back to score uh, goals with him, uh, give him some run support, and come back despite the tough start. Uh, you should see Demko in net tonight uh, for Vancouver. I like them here. Plus 110, plus 115, slight road underdogs. Uh, I'm going to go with the Canucks here to keep the streak alive for their new head coach, Bruce Boudreaux. Alex, what do you think here? Canucks and Sharks. Well, you should never run on the train tracks to try to catch a, a, a train you've already missed. So that would just be me if I was trying to bet Vancouver at this point. They've been on this roll and maybe we'll, they'd keep it going. And that, San Jose really pissed me off the other night, the way they played against Seattle. Uh, that game was just, just they were just lifeless in that one. The three-one loss at home—that's a spot they should have, uh, I think, taken care of business in. So I, I, I would look at Vancouver. I'm not going to play it personally, like sick. I've, I've missed the boat, and that often happens to me. If I try to jump on a streak like this, that be, ends up being the game that loses. So if it, you know, Ian, you've been riding it. Just keep on riding it. I'm rooting for you to cash the ticket. I like that thinking, and Teddy Covers is a proponent of that because I kind of learned that way of thinking from him. He says, you know, when I miss an overstreak or I miss, you know, a team that's on a win streak or a losing streak and I jump on fourth or fifth game, I'm rarely ever going to do that because, you know, the lines get adjusted. You don't want to be on the, the, the game that they finally have the streak snapped. Uh, all of those things. You're right. If, it, if you've been riding the streak from day one, from the very beginning, like I did with that first game against the L.A. Kings, you know, for Vancouver under Bruce Boudreaux, and I've been backing them every single game since then, then definitely keep riding the streak. And uh, that's what I'm going to do here with the Vancouver Canucks. And by the way, props in this game, Brock Besser, how can you not? He's lit it up since Bruce Boudreaux took over. And Elias Pettersson finally scored the other night. This may be the floodgates open for him. We know the skills there. We know the elite level talent is there. And we've already seen evidence that Bruce Boudreaux you know, taking some of these guys that have struggled with their confidence offensively before he took over, and now they're starting to find the back of the net Besser, and maybe now Pedersen can uh, be more of an offensive dynamo moving forward as well for Vancouver. So I'd target both of them for goal-scoring props tonight. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here, Canucks and Sharks? Yes, there it is. That's what I think. Ride those Canucks, baby. I'm staying on that train right now. I've been on it since the get-go, so uh, give me the Canucks on the money line. Very nice job uh, very, with the uh, sound effect. Very nice addition to the show, Jimmy. Well done preparing that for us. But uh, there it is. Bruce, there it is. And, and guys, non-related to our slate of games tonight, but uh, breaking right now, Arizona Coyotes with about five guys going into COVID protocol. Yep. Wow. We'll be so playing uh, Anaheim tomorrow. So. so keep an eye on that. Uh, and uh, right now, that, that that line's already minus 260 
uh, on Anaheim yeah. in that game. So can only go up. After Guys, that. I, I, you know, I just want to say one thing too. And look, I, I'm not trying to get on any side of COVID and politics and all that. I'm just saying in terms of the NHL right now, my taking right now with everything, everybody I'm talking to, a lot of general managers I've spoken to today, they got to pause. I mean, and it, it sucks to say, but this is getting out of control. And you, you can't like, you can't expect fans to pay the amount of money they're paying for tickets and come in and see an AHL squad, right. especially yeah. on both sides. Yeah. Uh, and, and then also these teams, points are at a premium. The standings are so tight. The parity in NHL is so strong right now. It, it's just not going to make for a good game, and it's not going to be a good way to market the game. It's the holidays. Give the guys a break right now. Take a two-week break. Come back. Yeah. Make the Winter Classic the first game back. Market the hell out of it, and let's go. But this is this is getting out of control, in my in my opinion. Yeah, I mean it's 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 another team, and even with the teams that uh, every day it seems uh, that's seventy four players since Sunday. Yeah, that's a lot. So it's another team that's dealing with a COVID nineteen protocol situation every day, and even the teams that were already experiencing it, they seem to have new players being added to the list every day uh, of what they're already going through. So uh, definitely, there's uh, concerns. Um, We'll have to see it. You're right because at some point too, it's competitive integrity, right? Like, yeah. How's it fair to lose a game for Florida potentially tonight or Carolina potentially tonight or Boston potentially tonight with your roster gutted and you just don't have full strength and the other team's much more adept in terms of having a full and, roster. And I get, look, yeah. I get that it's obviously all about money and they, they want to get in as many games as they can and the teams want to make that money. And obviously they're yeah. still recouping from what they went through the last two years. But what happens if you don't pause right now, you don't regroup and, and look at a way to handle this and it just keeps getting worse and then all of a sudden, you're just forced by the government to shut down or is something like that. I mean, we already saw Ontario. It's 50 percent capacity yeah, right. the entire center and Scotiabank Arena. That's going to come. That's going to spread. So, I, you know, I don't know. Is there a way that we can figure out, hey, maybe maybe these guys can play even if they're positive and asymptomatic? You know, I'm all for COVID prevention. But if they can figure out that that's safe, then so be it. But I don't think you can do all this um, inve- investigating and research on the fly. You need, you need to take a step back. And, you know, it, I think it's coming. I, it's, it's interesting that the league is taking a stance right now, but at the same time, I'm hearing a lot of players, a lot of management right now are saying, let's just pause this thing. And that's the new, uh, the, the word that's been uh, coming down the last few days with the NFL and looking into asymptomatic positive uh, cases of COVID-19 players being allowed to play when they're asymptomatic. And apparently if the NFL gets the green light, to have asymptomatic players, the test positive play, the NHL is going to look into it. The NBA is going to look into it. Elliot Friedman said it last night on Sportsnet. So uh, that's definitely something to keep in mind. And that could be the way to work around avoiding having to put a pause into your season is finding a way. Yeah, but I, I think you have to put a pause to just to figure that out. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? You have to right. regroup. You got to talk to the scientists. You got to talk to doctors and figure this out right now because I just think it, they don't even have a threshold, right? I mean, there's no set threshold for the number of players in protocol where they're going to call a game and postpone it. It, It's kind of like they're throwing darts right now, and they they just need to get some kind of guidelines back in place. I think the general uh, uh, rules right now, regulations for what it takes to shut down or pause a team right now is like half the roster, which right now is Calgary with the 16. It's like we need a like a 14 or a 16 type of number yeah, to pause much. a team. And to me, that's already too many players that it just it hampers your ability to be competitive. 
Yeah. And even with Boston and Carolina, Nashville, Florida, these teams tonight with six to eight players, that's a lot. And in a lot of cases with these teams, they're top line players, top yep. six forwards, yep. key cluster defensemen. injuries. Yeah, cluster yeah. center icemen. You know, there's a yep. bunch of teams gutted at center ice tonight because of this stuff. And then uh, you factor in the salary cap too. I mean, why have they not even altered that yet? There needs to be some kind of cap relief. You know, you need to get those taxi squads going back in there. It's yeah. just I, it's just a mess. It's like they're just sitting there right now, the league, I'm saying, and saying, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh? And it's just blowing up. Like, do yeah. something. Be yeah. proactive. Stop, like, just taking a guess every day. I mean, I, I got a league source, a high-up league source today, and I asked him, what's the deal? The Bruins going to the can, and he goes, one day at a time. Yeah. Well, dude. <laughs> How many more days do you want of this? Right. Like, what's your problem? Should we should we have an idea ahead of time what our plans are yeah. for the next few days? You're right. And, and, and if, right even if we are taking it one day at a time, well, then shouldn't we just look ahead a little bit and, like I said, finally make it official that the NHL is not going to the Olympics because we're going to need this time yeah, to make just, up all these games that are postponed? Yeah. Like, what are they waiting for January 10th for? They should make that call right now this week. And, like I said, you know, start planning for the, the fact that they might have to take a break before this uh, holiday break next week, and then you can resume and, and kind of push things and, and not make things too crazy. Obviously, you mentioned the Winter Classic. That might be uh, a pain in the ass to reschedule because that's New Year's Day right in the heart of Minneapolis. Uh, TV commitments, too. Well, that's TV fine. Commitments. I'm saying, no, I'm saying come back on that day. I'm saying right. call, it a, call, it a, call it a season for the year, for the calendar year. Call it a mm-hmm. season tomorrow and say, that's it. We're off until New Year's Day. We'll come yeah. back with a bang. We'll get everybody all excited for it get the fans into it again, and then go from there. But, like, you're getting too close to do that right yep. now. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. Okay. And, and they just, and they, look, again, tons of lost revenue from last year uh, when the pandemic yeah. started. They're ha- they're just very, very hesitant. It's like we got to have three-quarters of the team just unavailable to play before we pause the team. Yeah, and like you right said, now. though, that Olympics thing, man, yeah. if they go through with that and, you know, Connor McDavid is stuck in China for five weeks – down the yeah. stretch run of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the risk you run with going ahead with the Olympics here uh, in this. So yeah. uh, that's exactly why, uh, you know, you, you worry too about these players being allowed to play in Beijing uh, for the winter Olympics. Are they going to be sequestered there, you know, beyond the Olympics finishing out? So you worry about that uh, as well. Just lots on the plate of the NHL. And uh, yeah. to be honest with you, I'm glad they have to make those decisions. Not me. I just wish they do a better <laughs> job with the process uh, of making those decisions. Speaking of making decisions, we have some decisions to make to wrap up the show. It's That's best right. bet time uh, for this Thursday uh, card. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet tonight? Let's go with Philadelphia, Montreal, first period over one and a half. Uh, you land minus a dollar 25. I've seen a dollar 20 in a couple of shops too. So uh, shop around and get the best price. Mike, yo, He's running tempo, and this team's finding a way to score goals. We don't know how long that lasts. Hopefully it keeps lasting for at least the first 20 minutes to play tonight uh, against Caden Primo, who's definitely the weaker of the goalie options for Montreal. So I like that first period over with the Flyers and the Habs tonight. All right, Flyers and Habs, first period over. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, Jimmy, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, I'm going to go with that reverse puck line on the New York Islanders against the Boston Bruins. There you go. Islanders minus one and a half plus 235 uh, puck line. Best bet for uh, Jimmy Murphy. Uh, my best bet for this card, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go Columbus Edmonton over six minus go. 130. I just get that sense the Oilers are finally going to get some offense rolling tonight. I mean, it's got, this has got to be the night. The Jackets just don't defend very well. 
Uh, Elvis Merzlikens, who I'd expect to be in net tonight for the uh, Jackets, hasn't been as good on the road compared to at home. And certainly don't trust our guy Skinner uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, he has definitely struggled and labored at times in net. I think you get goals both ways. And I like the Jackets, too. I think they're alive. But I'll go with the total in that game for my best bet. Uh, Columbus, Edmonton, over 6, minus 130. Uh, that'll be my best bet for this Thursday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. We thank everybody in the chat for joining us. 156 live viewers on YouTube. Hit the like button. Nice. Make sure you do that on the way out. We appreciate it. And again, we're here seven days a week, the Ice Guys, on YouTube live, Monday to Friday. 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form. It's available every day on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast whenever you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith and Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We will talk to you again tomorrow on Friday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.